This week on Our Thing. If you're in a position to win, they're 32% more likely to make the goal than if a miss would lead to a loss. Professor of Exercise Science, William G. Alston. That's what I call immediate anabolic empowerment. Reveals the secret to unlocking the anabolic state. Stay tuned for the most entertaining hour in radio. This is Our Thing. With everyone's favorite ex-gangster, Gunner, 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 Gunner. What's up? Welcome back to Our Thing on 1010 The King. Happy Friday morning. Hope you're driving safe. God bless you. Me and Bill were in the green room a moment ago talking about some of the guests that we're going to have on tonight. Well, it's not tonight, but this morning. I've been drinking. <laughs> I just get it. It's good. So he said the street beat is kind of built around psychology. So it made me think, because first of all, as growing up, I was a messed up kid. Everybody knows that, really messed up. And they thought I was psychologically messed up, right? So they start giving me um, IQ tests when I was very young, you know, like second grade. And I scored really high. So they're like, well, he's smart. He can do this stuff. And then that I screwed up and I couldn't. So over the years, I got IQ tested like four or five times. All right. And I always scored really high, gifted. Always is in the gifted category, which is just below genius. Uh, I think it was like 130 or 128, something like that. Anyways, psychology, they did try to have like some shrinks sit and talk to me to try and figure me out. But I'm like, listen, man. My mother is mentally ill, like crazy, straight up crazy, like chicken clucking crazy. And my dad is an alcoholic, abusive, drunken moron, right? Yo, by the way, my family's the mafia. And so everybody I looked up to when I was a little kid or whatever is essentially a gangster or a criminal or shady or whatever. So I used to say, if they put me on the couch with a shrink, when I'm done, the shrink's going to need a shrink. That's all I'm saying. So... Fast forward years, I get arrested for all these crimes, right? And I didn't have any money for a big lawyer. I think I had a little bit of money for a lawyer, but, you know, the cases were really big. I was fighting like 17 cases. So I ended up getting a crappy lawyer. That's all I could afford, right? He comes in, he says, you should play crazy. You need to play crazy. Pretend you're crazy. And I'm like, what do you mean? It's like, just pretend you're crazy. And, and then you won't be responsible for what you did. The bank robberies and extortion, armed robbery. So he starts making up this big elaborate story, right? And he says, okay, listen, tell them that you were under duress and that like some gangsters were threatening to kill you and that you did everything you did because you were scared for your life and scared for the life of your girlfriend. But it's all... Like, in your mind. That's what he tells me to say. I said, okay, it sounded plausible to me, right? I mean, I'm facing... This is like day one of Public Defender. Right. (laughs) Crazy defense. Nobody's ever thought of this. (laughs) Right? Nobody will ever suspect. So I said, okay, I think I can. He's like, you got it. Don't get on the phone and talk normal. Get on the phone. If you're going to talk on the phones, you know, start barking like a dog. And um, he said, the best way to do it is talk really slow. And like when you're talking to the shrink, bring up like super non sequitur stuff. So Bill, ask me a question. So why do you think you're here today? Yes, I love my cat growing up. Certainly, I, I I would I was a cat lover for sure. I mean that's the type of thing you do. You ask you a question, and it just it's absolutely non sequitur. It has nothing to do with the question. So. I start plotting out my mind how I want to play crazy. And this lawyer, man, like he made up this big, elaborate. Well, there was a point he said, when you robbed the bank, tell them that it wasn't you. You were tied up in the backseat of the car. And then like they got in high-speed chase. And then when they crashed, they got out and ran. But you were the one who got caught. This is what he tells me. Yeah. So I'm like, all right. 
Now I have to tell this detective. And I was in the backseat of the car, duct tape wrist in the back. These guys are threatening to kill me if I didn't do it. They're threatening to kill They sent me in there. to. They're going to kill my girl. They're going to kill my family, kill my grandpa. They, so I had to go in there with this bomb and put it on the counter and then come back. And then they tied me up after they got the money. And, and it, I, so I'm telling this to the detective, right? You're actually trying this. What else did I have? I had no choice, bro. I was facing 17 capital crimes that carried. There were zero to life floaters. So, yeah, I, now I sit back. My lawyer tells the detectives in charge of me, you know, my client is mentally ill. Clearly, he's not all there. You need to, you know, go back and talk to him about what he did. Because I never talked when I got arrested. Not really. You know what I mean? I just said, get me my lawyer. I'm not saying nothing. Get me my lawyer. And I was like, you know, the cops came in there and tried to get me to talk. And I looked at, like, the pictures they had of me walking out of Hazel Park Racetrack, walking in, too. And I just didn't say nothing, man. I was dope sick. I was beat up. They just beat me up. And they said, you're going to go away a long time, 30 years, buddy, unless you start talking. And I said, you got the wrong guy, bro. And he's like, what do you mean you got, oh, I got the wrong guy? That's you in the picture. I said, you got the wrong guy, man. I'm, I'm not telling on nobody. They really kept pressing me about a murder my cousin Frankie did. Uh, and he's like, you were with him the day it happened. We have people verified. I'm like, so what? He was with probably 10 different people that day. It doesn't mean. He's like, well, you were seen with him at Coney Island and 13 Mile in a Harbor 45 minutes before he killed two drug dealers. I'm like, well, I know one thing. When I left at Coney Island, I went one way and he went the other way. So anyways, that's the conversation I had. You're like, I want a lawyer and a cat that speaks Yiddish. And I want it now. Yeah. I wasn't even thinking that yet, though. But now I had time to think. And at, by this point, I'm in the hole, by the way. And so I'm, I'm in the hole. I end up in, in the hole. So this is where it gets really funny, though. So it's, this is crazy. I was just talking about this with somebody the other day, how I slipped out of my handcuffs and could have ran. So they take me to the forensic center, which is where they they have the shrinks. It's a crazy house. You know, they evaluate if you are crazy or how crazy or whatever. If you're competent to stand trial. Dude, they put me in this van. I'm cuffed. This my wrists are cuffed together. I'm not shackled or nothing, bro. Like, usually they do your ankle shackles, but they didn't. So there's this big, huge black dude sitting in the seat in front of me, right? Because I've got a little bench seat. There's like three guys in front of me, and then there's just me and a guy back here. And I'm cuffed to that dude. It was this fat dude who really was crazy. He was a younger guy. He was only like probably 30 years old, late 20s, kind of fat. And literally, you could tell looking at him, he was not there, bro. He was not there. But the dude in front of me was so funny. He's this huge dude, man. I mean, like giant green mile dude. And I was kind of scared of him. I didn't want to irritate him. But he was real nice and like, he talked like Mike Tyson, this big dude. And so at one point, there's a row of benches in front of him of people. I'm kind of looking over his shoulder. I've been talking to him, getting him going. He's funny and working him up. All of a sudden, he like reached his hand out to grab the guy's neck in front of him. And he, but he didn't squeeze. He just he went there just a second. And I start busting out laughing, bro. I'm cracking up because I know he can't get me. He's cuffed, you know, too. And I say, dude, what are you doing, bro? You're going to pop that guy's head off? And he started laughing super bad. He was crazy. Was not all there. But anyways, they take me into this holding cell, padded room, whatever. And in comes this shrink. So I sit down with her and pretend to be crazy and do like everything non sequitur. But she was smart, man. She kept catching me. Like she kept asking me questions that I would instinctively answer normally, right? You know, right. about my girlfriend. Uh, I, dude, I was really trying to act crazy, dude. Like everything she said. It's hard, man. Even the chin would contradict himself. Yeah. And trip yeah, himself yeah. up. Anyway, so after I spent a good 45 minutes in there with her, just acting crazy, trying not to laugh, 
Dude, a few times I laughed, bro. Dude, there's a few times I said stuff that even I started laughing. It's no way around it, bro. It was so wild and bizarre, non sequitur crap. I, I giggled. Anyways, moral of the story is she found me confident to stand trial. Oh, wise guy, eh? Welcome to this segment of the show, which is called Street Beats with Bill Crooks from Partners in Crime Podcast. Bill is going to report on the latest news of the underworld, Street Beats. What do you got, Bill? I want to keep it along the lines of psychology because our guest, your story, everything, it's going to tie it all together. Perfect. This is about a special study conducted by the University of Exeter in coordination with another that I can't pronounce. They use data collected from the criminal careers of just under 10,000 Italians convicted of organized crime. It was reportedly carried out with the blessing of the Italian Ministry of Justice. So, what did they find? They found that violence begets more violence, but more interestingly, violence seems to have an addictive property when shared with a friend, or at least an accomplice. They found that within the Italian Mafia, violent acts behave like a contagious disease, specifically when these acts are committed with others. To be clear, one is more likely to repeat a violent assault when the original violent assault was done within a group. The bonding act is said to have a persistent and long-lasting impact on behavior. Interestingly, they find that participating in a group violence does little to predict that one might behave similarly on their own. They don't tend to leave the band and strike out as a solo act. Matter-of-factly, they are three times less likely to do it. The younger one is, when they commit their first group offense, the more likely they are to repeat the experience. The finding seems, or at least seeks, to explain the pervasive violent culture of organized crime, as we tend to see within the mafia and cartels. One of the researchers explained, quote, The dynamics of violence spreads around the mafia like a contagion. People may be goading each other on, giving each other more motivation to be violent. They may know it's morally wrong, but it's easier to justify when everyone is doing the same. And we see an impact of these rationalizations on future offending behavior, too. This study, published in the Journal of Quantitative Criminology, shows being a part of some form of criminal association may create a persistent, dynamic diffusion or responsibility which encourages future violent crimes in cooperation with others. Just to give you an idea of the demographics involved in the data collection, the oldest offender in the data set was born in 1927 and the youngest one in 1994, while over 80% of the offenders were born between 1950 and 1980. Of the 9,819 offenders, only 173 were women. The earliest offense in the data set was committed in 1964 and the most recent one in 2016. Crimes were coded as violent if they fall under one of these crime categories, assault and violent offenses, murder, and robbery. The researchers point out that organized criminal groups nurture violent behavior by integrating it with the social fabric of their parties. They make it cool and thus normalize the behavior. The article further seeks to reinforce this narrative by repeating it several times in nearly the exact same way. That's annoying. And that's your Street Beats. Man. 
Thank you. That's well said. I mean, well, research too. I have a chicken There's a lot of things that are going on there, but one thing is I'm surprised that women are considered, you know, part of that world. Very few, 173 out of almost 10,000. I mean, still, I wouldn't even think any woman, but the thing is, it's obviously taking place in Italy because, you know, you don't have 10,000 mobsters in America. You know, you may have a thousand or something. Yeah, I know. Do you caught that? Yeah, 10,000 convicted mobsters, yeah. Right. Well, that's it for now. We're going to take a quick break, pay some bills, and we get right back. We'll have our first guest on tonight. We'll be right back on 1010 The King, our thing. Hey, have you checked out Our Thing Apparel? It's the original gangster clothing brand that lets you represent where you live, featuring t-shirts, hoodies, vintage tracksuits, and more. Our Thing Apparel allows you to customize your clothing for your city or state. And now we're proud to launch our Atlanta line of urban casual wear. Check out OurThingApparel.com and use the promo code 1010 when checking out to get 10% off your total order. Make our thing your thing. What's up, Atlanta? It's Bill Crooks from Our Thing Radio Show. Gunner and I love showcasing creative talent regardless of the medium. That's why we're really excited about Atlanta Stitchworks Custom Upholstery. It's Georgia's premier custom shop for all your interior needs. Serving you with 16 years of experience and quality, they truly are second to none. My good friend Fernando Moreno and team will help you bring your dreams and ideas to reality. They specialize in handmade interiors for hot rods, lowriders, cars, trucks, baggers, choppers, and of course, marines. They'll even handle your audio and window tinting. Any material, any design, anything you want. Tailor-made for you at Atlanta Stitchworks. For free estimates, please call 404-503-3949. 404-503-3949. That's 404-503-3949. Or if you're shy, just email atlantastitchworks at gmail.com. They'll take great care of you. Just tell them Bill and Gunner sent you. Now you can get generic Viagra shipped to your door for about $2 a pill. Get the same impact for less. Call Steel Man Pills now and get the same blue pill for about $2 a pill. Call now for the 50-pill special and save even more. Plus, get a free bonus. 800-870-3609. 800-870-3609. That's 800-870-3609. Welcome back to Arthur and Tenten the King. So this guy, I can't remember exactly how I met him, but we got to talking. Very, very smart guys. Just mastermind when it comes to nutrition and biological and chemistry and all these degrees. The guy's been up and down the road in this stuff. But what had me fascinated is he wrote a book about the anabolic state. You know, everybody knows I'm a workout guy, workout. I literally just came upstairs from working out five minutes ago. And the fountain of youth really is an anabolic state. But this gets really fascinating and I'm letting him share about it. But it's more than nutrition. It's also a state of mind and sense of well-being that can create an anabolic state, which you don't know. That's the male hormones, testosterone, IGF-1, growth hormone, all these hormones that keep you young, your skin looking healthy and elastic, makes you stronger, high sex drive, All these are the things that are a result of high anabolic state. But this is the book and the information that Big Pharma doesn't want you to know. Supplemental companies, the protein powders and all that, they don't want you to know that you can do what they do or more or better if you have knowledge like he's about to give you right now. So listen up. I would like to introduce William G. Alston. We call him Gid. Welcome to the show, Gid. How are you? I'm good, man. Okay, I started working on the book. I'm a retired professor of exercise science. I kind of specialized in stress and anxiety for years, toward the end of my career. 
And then I've been retired about 10 years. For the last two years, I've been doing research. I started out to write a book about the chemistry of worry. People just don't seem to understand that moods and mindsets affect your blood chemistry and and can do so in milliseconds. Did you study this? Do you have information and data you're aggregating for this? Oh, yeah. I had been teaching this stuff for 30 years. I mean, you know, I had already done my research. But in preparing to write the book, I just started doing the research about worrying and various aspects. And uh, I found a stunning thread of data that just kept moving in a certain direction. And it started off, I found a study that showed students taking the GRE, and one half of the students were given one simple thought, pre-test, the group was not. And it made a measurable difference in their blood chemistry and their test results from one simple thought. And that thought was, anxiety will help you. That's all they were told. The ones that were told anxiety would help them lost their fear of anxiety, obviously. Fear is the primary ingredient to what we're trying to avoid here. When a person has fear, uh, it sets off threat sensors in their brain. Their body produces more cortisol. Cortisol is a stress chemical. And when cortisol is high, testosterone and all anabolic hormones are low. And that is a catabolic state that is unhealthy, And in the catabolic state, you don't move as well, you don't think as well as an athlete, it's devastating. Uh, And over time, it can devastate your body. The anabolic state is what we always want to achieve. Now, it's not like taking steroids, that uh, you have a mood and all of a sudden you start bucking up. I mean, it's not that. But it affects everything that you do. I mean, and, and I kept finding more and more studies The same type of thought affected athletes in every sport, something similar. But the studies, nobody had connected them. Uh, They were just doing these studies to show, well, this is bad for you and this is bad for you. But they weren't focusing on that certain thoughts were empowering. I mean, they really made you better while other thoughts did the opposite. Frankly, it makes perfect sense. If you're worried or stressed out, naturally, you're going to have the cortisol and the stress hormones going to kind of flush your blood and system, and that's going to counterbalance your testosterone and anabolic hormones. But if you're living in a perpetual state of worry, stress, anxiety, I imagine it's definitely going to affect everything. Oh, yeah. It's just, it's related to everything. I mean, you know, in the book, it explains it. It just lists the diseases and conditions that are related to the worrying side of life. Mm. Uh, but things other than worrying that can do the same thing. I'll give you an example. Let's say a baseball, okay, and you got your, your baseball team on the field. Would you think that the athlete is most intensely focused on avoiding an error? Is he the one that's least likely to make an error or most likely to make an error? Most likely. Exactly. Why? Why do you think? Yeah, mostly we say that because we just listened to your speech. Before that, I probably would have said, yeah, that guy's focused. <laughs> no, I know. I used to be an athlete. Whenever I really worry about it, I would make an error. Or I wouldn't do it as well. I'd strike out or whatever. Like you will it to happen. Yeah. If I didn't think about it, I'd always perform. But if I start thinking, I can't strike out here, I can't you know, miss this ball, the, the stress of that would almost like predict the failure. Yeah, I've got stories in here. It's a true story of a close friend's son. I named him Hank. I uh, One of the best infields I've ever seen in my life. Great, great baseball player. But back earlier in his senior year, he had a game where he had three errors in a row, and he never made her. I mean, it's this kid. He was a vacuum cleaner. Nothing got by him, you know, and, and it was just so unusual. 
but something was worried when he started out that day. And a ball was hit to him, and he muffed it, you know. Well, everybody does that, you know. It's going to happen. Yeah. But I could see, I could watch his body language, because I care about this kid. And uh, I could see his body language that he was concerned, real concerned, and he was focused, and his ready position was so tight and intense. And I could just see it. I could see it his body language, because I was in the midst of studying all this. And I watched him, and the, the next play, another one came toward him, but not real close. He had to move for it. He just didn't move nearly as fast as he normally does. He couldn't get to it. Then his body language got worse. The third one, this was a high bouncer going right to him. Anybody could feel it. Okay. He failed at it. He sat carefully. He looked carefully. Bad throw. No. He made a great throw that was so slow and <laughs> floated through the air, and the guy was safe <laughs> by a full step. And normally, I mean, it, this kid just picked it up and fired it, you know, instantly. Just didn't even think about it. And it was all chemistry. And people don't realize. And his coaches were saying, Hank, you know, what'd you do? You lose your focus? You quit thinking about it? He His focus was intense. It was just focused on the wrong thing. Yeah. He was focused on avoiding an error. What you need to be focused on is exactly what you want to do and what you expect to do. And the difference is vast. I mean, it's, it's huge. And, and what it does to your mind and your blood chemistry. And when I say blood chemistry, your blood chemistry can change in milliseconds. Your cortisol level can go high in milliseconds, and your anabolic hormones go down, especially testosterone, in milliseconds. Your chemistry changes, and you are just, you're actually literally weaker, slower. And not as effective, weaker, slower, and not as effective at anything. Right, right. Those chemicals I'm talking about, they're God-given. I mean, you know, stress is a God-given thing. Those were put there to protect you. So you tell your brain, I'm worried, you know, I'm defensive, I'm worried. And your brain is preparing you to take a butt kicking or something. And your brain will prepare you. It will deaden your pain, give you chemistry that will repair injured tissue, all this kind of stuff to try to help you. But, you know, what you need is that you need to have your anabolic state the way you can move. Yeah, I, I think that's super fascinating. Bill, what do you think about all this? Don't you think this makes perfect sense? It does. In a lot of ways, not just sports. I could see if you're going to approach a woman and try to make an impression, things like that. Yep. How this same kind of mindset could uh, tank it before it ever starts. Anything you go, anything that's important to you, you, you better think about what you want to do, not what you want to avoid. That's the- <laughs> right. And I always think back to the pictures of Abraham Lincoln. They have famous pictures of him before the Civil War and after the Civil the war and in a very short time that man aged 20 years yeah yeah so i think we've all seen that but what you're kind of giving us that i haven't seen is a practical tool to counter that and take it the other way so how does that work basically you focus on what you need to do and and you always think about what you need to do you never focus on what you want to avoid for example if you play golf get up to the tee and tell yourself as you're setting up to take a swing don't slice the ball. Don't slice the ball. Don't slice the ball. Say that about three times and take your swing. And when you're out there in the woods picking up that slice or hunting for it, <laughs> uh, then you'll you'll remember now to think about exactly what you want to do and not what you want to avoid. And people make that mistake all the time. The uh, studies, they go from academics to athletics about everything. But um, like, for example, studies of world-class soccer players in the World Cup. And they did extensive studies, repetitive studies about these guys, about what percentage of penalty shots they make, when if they make it, it will win the game. And the other situation is where if they miss it, they will lose the game. 
if you're in a position to win, they're 32% more likely to make the goal than if a miss would lead to a loss. And that fear of hmm. losing, of causing the team to lose, they can't get rid of it. These are some of the best athletes in the world. They know their skill, and it's a fundamental skill. It's a skill they you know, do all the time. 32% more likely to make the shot to win than the shot which if missed will cause the team to lose. And the same is true of basketball foul shooters. And it's just one thing after another. Uh, and those are the kind of things that are interesting to athletes and people like that. That's what I call immediate antibiotic empowerment. When we have that kind of thinking, we are empowered now. You know, So that's really relevant to athletes. But the rest of it, the study that I went on from there and I started thinking, well, if I'm following this thread of studies, what I'm looking for is anything that will cause your body cortisol level to go up, anything. So I started looking for anything that would cause it to go up. And I ran into a whole lot of things that you just would not expect. Like we talked about goal setting. People who set goals have a much greater tendency to have an anabolic blood chemistry than people who fail to set goals. Was it cause and effect, though? Do you think that the testosterone or anabolic state causes it? Or the anabolic state causes it. <laughs> well, it's like the chicken or the egg. Right, exactly. Uh, no, I think, you know, it, that's what's kind of hard to tell sometimes. I, and, and this is kind of funny. It made me think about this. There's something I call a spontaneous anabolic state where you, you really haven't done anything, planned anything. You're not really thinking much about anything, but you just happen to be right. You know, you, you happen to be in an anabolic state. You Everything's going right. And if you look back on your life and you've ever had an experience, I'll give you two examples to think about. Uh, one, let's say you're a kid in a schoolyard, bully comes up, you know, he's pushing you around. And you feel like in your heart, you, you could probably take this kid. But that moment, you're not right. You, you feel weak, weak in the knees and this kind of thing. You walk away and you shame yourself when you could have and should have done better. You should have kicked butt, okay, but you, you walked away, all right? Yeah. And then everybody has got those. I guarantee you, Gunner, you're a tough guy. But I guarantee you, there's been a time in your life you walked away from something and you wish you had not. Oh, yeah. 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 And we all have. I had to tell myself, walk away. It's not worth it. The result is not worth it. But that's practical. I mean, that's that doing the right things. Sometimes the things you shouldn't walk away from. And, and that's what I'm talking about. And you, you, you feel weak. And the same thing. Are there other times where you're just in an antibiotic state and you don't even realize that everything's good? I mean, you got power, but you don't even think about it. And then something comes up, something that would normally defeat you. And yet in, in that situation, you just rise up. I mean, you, you exceed yourself and you come away, you know, smelling like a rose. I mean, you do exactly what you should have done. You say what you should have said. And you look back on that and you say, my gosh, I wish I could be that sharp and cool. And you've had moments like that, right? Sure. Yeah. You have that winning feeling. Yeah. 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 Bill's lived in that state most of his life. Lucky guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but but you see the difference. And, and that's basically what I call spontaneous blood chemistry. It, it, you can't thank yourself for that. It's just you just right at that moment. Everything's right. And you perform at a higher level. And I've seen that. There's another example of that that I can tell you about. It's related, but it's not exactly the same. Have you ever seen a batter's rally in baseball? Sure. It's the ninth inning. You're down five runs, two outs, nobody on base. Right. The batter's got a 198 batting average and, and in a slump. 
and everything looks like it's just hopeless. Yeah, they're like, oh no, Crooks is it back. Exactly. <laughs> right. And all of a sudden, and the whole team, it's this what I call spontaneous antibiotic. I mean, the crowd starts screaming and, and hollering. They've been dull for the last four innings, and the crowd gets in it, and the players start chanting, and everybody gets up, and everybody starts crushing the ball. The runs ring up like a slot machine bell. It's a spontaneous spike in anabolic hormones. I get it. Let me go to the next level. Then. We, we talked about kind of the immediate and the kind of in-between, but character traits make a huge difference. Would you say that honesty would lead to a catabolic or a anabolic state? I would think anabolic, I would think, because you feel good about yourself. Yeah, I go with that. This is the easiest one to explain, because what happens when you lie and you're hooked up to a lie detector? Your heart rate speeds up, your breathing's erratic. Yeah, your hormones spike. Exactly. You tell a lie, and it's measurable. And the reason it's measurable, what it's happening is your cortisol has risen, and all of these things start taking place. It measures perspiration rate, it measures breathing rate, heart rate, and all that. And now a lot of psychologists don't like to use it. It's subjective. But everybody knows that telling a lie will set off a lie detector. And that's exactly what's happening. So character traits, honesty is one of those character traits that leads to an anabolic body. So anytime you're deceptive, yeah. whether you're lying, and it includes things like boasting, you know, puffing yourself up, trying to portray yourself as something you're not. All of that's life. And so, you know, living a true life and being yourself will help you stay more anabolic. Can I just quickly, I want to interrupt for one second. I got to say, I, going into this, I was thinking that this is probably like some of the stuff that he's saying, Bill, is like hokey, like this stuff of this is going to make sense. You're going to be happy and you have a higher anabolic. Now I'm convinced. Like I'm like, this makes perfect sense. Be honest, be forthright, be kind, be good. He's going to go on some more. But all these things you're saying make perfect sense. If you want to maintain an anabolic state, you know, and worry, stress, anxiety takes you the other way. Of course, it makes perfect sense. That's why when like these athletes or singers or big people, if they, if they get in the game and they start making money, you ever notice how Tom Brady's 44 years old and he's still performing like he's 25 years old, he's handsome and skin looks good? Because if you can perpetually keep yourself worry, stress, stress, be and in this anabolic state, it is like a fountain of youth, I'm assuming. It really is. And, and other things, uh, I started doing all this research about stuff. And one that surprised me was that they said gratitude has a lowers blood cortisol, which that makes your body more anabolic. When cortisol goes low, testosterone and anabolic hormones go high. So I got deeper and deeper in that. This book is documented. Everything that I say is, is absolutely documented. I put all the studies. I put in notes after every chapter. But it, I found studies that showed that even people that sit down, they call it gratitude journaling. And it's a stupid little process where they, they they write down little positive thoughts and they say, well, I had a good hair day today, you know, or petted a puppy and made me feel good and all this crap. And, and so, I mean, and they're going on and, on and the studies literally show that doing that made people have more anabolic blood cancer, lowered their cortisol level. Yeah. But anyway, I wrote, I said, listen, I really admit I'm old, I'm hard-headed. Uh, and and uh, I'm set in my ways, but this kind of science irritates the crap out of me. Then I said, well, it does have some scientific value. 
And the scientific value is if this kind of crap can make a difference, just think what true gratitude would do. Like, for example, if somebody does something for you, you go up and you're truly grateful. Yeah. Thank you, man. I appreciate that. I, I needed that loan or thank you for plowing my snow or I wasn't going to get out or whatever. And, and the most important thing is to have gratitude to God. Yes. That, again, study show. When you're thinking about the blessings in your life and you're looking around you and you're, you're appreciating the beauty of this world and all that, your blood chemistry is far more anabolic than when you are fussing and griping about stuff. Yeah, crying and that you're a victim or whatever. I had a gratitude survey and, you know, like, you know, when you go to grocery store, you bitch about waiting in the line or do you thank God that you can buy groceries? I mean, right. you can look at everything a different way, can't you? I mean, and the people who are grateful and you see people all the time, it, it, it just, everything irritates them, you know, they're not happy about anything. And, and another one is humility. And I used to talk about this in my class. This is one I've been knowing about a long time because when I was teaching the class, I would have discussions about leadership. And leadership has a lot to do with employee health. And I, I would ask the question, do you think that humility is a sign of weakness on a leader? And a lot of kids will just sit down and they'll think, well, you know, some guy walk around with his head down real humble. You know, I guess that's weakness. And that's not humility. That's just being down in the dumps. But yeah, so I used an example. I found an example out of history that might surprise you a little bit. I used Attila the Hun. Are y'all <laughs> all familiar with Attila the Certainly. Most everybody's heard of him. But this guy, he took a band of warring nomads and put them together and I mean, in a span of 10 years, he built the greatest fighting force that has ever existed. Conquered the world. I mean, he had Rome on its knees. Rome was paying him tribute. He ruled the world for about a 15-year span. And the guy, if you look at his habits and things that he did, uh, he refused to wear any kind of clothing, anything that distinguished him. He dressed the same way as warriors did. He had all kind of gold and silver Platters and all that confiscated from Rome. And when he gave dinner parties, his guests would eat from those, and he just ate from a simple wooden bowl. He did nothing to distinguish himself in looks. He didn't want all those little uh, signs of authority and all. He didn't need any of that. But his men would die for him. That's humility. That's why I say humility, because that's a perfect example of a person who has humility and, and is definitely strong, not weak. It just goes on like that. Uh, Self-discipline is another one that that, uh, it talks about a lot, and assertiveness. These are traits that help you deal with people. Uh, They make you more effective at life and doing everything. But they also lead to a healthy antibiotic state. And you put it all together, it it all makes sense. And like I said, it's all documented, study for study. And I was amazed when all these studies started falling together, and I kept finding different things that, that mm-hmm. contributed to this thing. Bill, I think we have to take a quick break. Stay tuned on 1010 The King. It's our thing. We'll be right back. Matthew was a tax collector in Roman-occupied Galilee. Despite his comfortable life, he was scorned and shunned by his fellow Judeans. To them, Matthew was a traitor who lined Rome's coffers and his own at the expense of the people. Simon was a zealot, loyal to God, the Judean people, and their traditions. Not content to see God's people suffering, Simon was ready and willing to take up arms to free his homeland from Rome's oppression and pagan influence. 
Their paths had crossed before. Now a Nazarene teacher has arrived in Capernaum with new ideas and a new purpose that challenges both their worldviews in unexpected ways. Coin and Dagger, a biblical novel by Jack Filer, is available on Amazon. If you love The Chosen, you'll also love this special novel that gives us a colorful look at these two disciples of Christ, Matthew the Tax Collector and Simon the Zealot. Look for Coin and Dagger, a biblical novel by Jack Filer, available in both paperback and Kindle ebook. Let me tell you a story about Bill. Bill was a normal guy in his 50s. He had back surgery about two years ago. Bill was in a lot of pain. He dealt with his pain by taking the Percocets his doctor prescribed for him. Bill took more and more and more of them to help with the pain, until one day the prescriptions weren't enough to get rid of Bill's pain. Then one day Bill found someone to help him get rid of the pain with illegal drugs he didn't need a prescription for. Fast forward to today. Bill lost his job and his family. The only thing he does have is his drug dealer. If you know Bill's story and you don't want to end up like Bill, call the Detox and Treatment Helpline right now to get away and get treatment. 800-762-6158-800-762-6158-800-762-6158. That's 800-762-6158. Matt and Tangie Riley, two Yale Honor students in a CIA-run secret underground facility known as the Global Observation Defense, or the G.O.D. The CIA attempts to block their intelligence from the NSA, who track down Matt and Tangie to assess the contents of the complex with the intent to destroy it. Tasked with developing a mind control process, their program is extremely secretive, and an unlikely group seeks to find out more. The couple is abducted by extraterrestrials who plant a spy chip in Matt to track the events unfolding within the complex. Even as the spies already inside the God facility have a plan to eliminate anyone who stands in the way of delivering the mind control program to their respective countries. Matt is agnostic. Tanji is a devout Christian. Their beliefs will be challenged, their bodies will be tested, and no one knows what will happen next. In An American Abduction, the latest novel by James A. Johnson. You can find the book on Amazon or visit jjsnovels.com to learn more. An American Abduction, is it fiction or is it happening? Writing a book can be fulfilling and rewarding, but often the biggest challenge is getting it published. Yet, self-publishing for print, ebook, and audiobook can be a daunting process. And then you have to market and sell it. White Pine Publishing and Consultants can help you with all of that and more. We're not a traditional publisher. We're a consulting and services company that assists you with all aspects of self-publishing your book, including ghostwriting, coaching, editing, proofing, formatting, marketing and sales, and even web design. Visit our website at whitepinepublishing.com to learn more about our services and get in touch. With White Pine's integrity, industry knowledge, and experience, you can let us do all the hard work so that you don't have to. Check out all of our self-publishing services, pricing, and author testimonials at whitepinepublishing.com. The old way of living with diabetes is a pain. You've got to remember to do your testing and always need to stick your fingers to test your blood sugar. The new way to live your life with diabetes is with a continuous glucose monitor. 
Apply a discreet sensor on your body, and it continuously monitors your glucose levels, helping you spend more time in range and freeing you from painful finger sticks. If you are living with type 1 or type 2 diabetes and you use insulin or have had hypoglycemic events, you might be eligible for a CGM through your insurance benefits. U.S. Med partners with over 500 private insurance companies and Medicare. We offer free shipping, 90-day supplies, and we bill your insurance. Call us today for a free benefits check. 800-235-2760. That's 800-235-2760. Welcome back. William G. Austin. So you wrote this book. Whether it's the chicken or the egg doesn't really matter. Is it the anabolic state that makes you more focused and puts you in a superior state? Or is the superior state and focus cause the spike in anabolic hormones? Doesn't matter. It does what it does. So your book is basically telling us all about how to maintain a positive anabolic state at any age, at any point in your life. And it's way more than just adding a little bit of muscle mass and putting an extra oomph on your sex drive. This is something that will keep you alive longer. You'll live healthier. You'll be more focused, less anxious, less depressed. That literally is the fountain of youth. Faith is the ultimate one. That's chapter six. The whole chapter six is devoted to faith. Yeah. And all of these lead in that direction. But finding a faith in God is, is the ultimate. And the studies are there, too. People who have faith have more antibiotic blood chemistry than people who don't. But keep in mind, you can do certain things right. Like, for example, eating healthy, yeah. exercise, appropriate rest. Those are the fundamental things that give you an antibiotic state that, that to help you build your body and this kind of thing. All right, those things are great and, and working out hard and all this kind of stuff. But if you do all of that and yet you're ungrateful, attitude, cocky, showboat, you know what I'm saying, boastful, liar, then somebody can work their guts out hard all their life and, and be muscular and still be unhealthy because they're doing, you know, some of it right and some of it wrong. Yeah. You, if you get the whole thing and you put the whole package together, it's, it's, it's just it's fascinating. And as I said, I started out to find out cure for worrying, but then I just kept finding more and more and more about the anabolic direction yeah. and how to do that. The studies on faith are just amazing. They blow your mind. And That's a fascinating, fascinating topic, Bill. I'm, I'm, I'm into this. And, dude, I'm going to do my best to apply it. But as far as, like, your book, people need to read this book. This is the type of book that could change your life. You know, it, it's so positive. Be honest. Less anxiety. Have faith. And it's all chemical. It all makes sense. It's scientific, you know, like biology. Right. That's the difference is approaching it on a scientific level. Yeah. But that brings up a good question. Like Gunnar said, you'll live longer. Does your body of research go long enough that you feel like you could extrapolate that conclusion? Longer life? Uh, well, that, that would be really, really difficult to say. If, uh, and and uh, I've heard somebody say many times, I've said it myself, I don't exercise and, and eat healthy and all that to live longer. I exercise and do all those things, put more life in the years that I have. 
live live better. And uh, that's why I do yeah, wine and cigar. If I'm gonna be sick and screwed up. I just soon go. <laughs> soon then right. do it my way. Just go out with cigars and booze and uh, cereal. Do you cover how important it is to discern the company you keep in regard to these similar traits? I bet you it has a role. Yeah, I did not put in a section on that, but that is absolutely true. I mean, people that bring you down bring you down and they will bring your life down. And if you hang around people long enough that you allow them to influence you, that can be a negative that be hard to overcome. But what we're going to do with this book is to try to put it all together, you know, put together the basic things that an athlete does that we all should be doing. You you get into a catabolic state by eating too much. You can get into a catabolic state by eating too little. Yeah, uh, yeah, you know, yeah. starvation diets is keto crap. This is stuff that, that that's very unhealthy and that people get into it can ruin your life, making unhealthy choices. It all comes together. You've got to have nutrition. You've got to have exercise. you got to have appropriate rest and all that. But also living your life. And at the end of the book, I said, when you have finished reading this book, I want you to think about it and think about what do all these traits have in common? And thinking about that, I said, if you look at it, they're all righteous. Mm-hmm. They're all godly. They're all traits that the Bible treasures. That, that if you read the Bible, it will tell you. Obviously, if you act right, you're going to have a higher anabolic state and you're going to live healthier. Everything will be better if you just do the things that are righteous and good, according to the Bible and what we already know is good, right. which is awesome. So that makes perfect, perfect sense. Yeah, the Bible says, uh, he who exalts himself will be humble. He who humbles himself will be exalted. That's humility. That sums up humility. But it, it doesn't say that the person who is not humble will also live an unhealthier life. Um, And I said in the book, I said, you know, being a Christian, I can't guarantee you that it'll make you healthy and all, because God doesn't say, you know, being a Christian, that that he's going to make you rich and make you well. But it does give you a more antibiotic blood chemistry, so it's just very possible if you do some other things right, that you'll be much healthier and happier, too. But you you don't want to be unbalanced. You don't want to be out here. You exercise all the time. You're doing all the nitty gritty stuff. But then you got a bad attitude. You lie. You cheat. You- yeah, I never thought about it in all my life. I never thought about that. But it all makes perfect sense. At the end of the day, if you act right, basically according to the Bible, the commandments, and you know things that you know are right, your blood levels of hormones are going to be higher, more anabolic, lower cortisol, and ultimately that is kind of like the fountain of youth. You're going to live longer, live healthier, live happier, all these things. And it makes sense. If you look at the Bible, we as Christians, we look at the Bible and we're like, well, these are the things we know we're supposed to do. If you do them wrong, it's pro- that's how we are designed. God designed us. Do things that are wrong, have higher cortisol, less anabolic state. You know, do things right, have a higher anabolic. I hope your book sells like millions of copies, dude. Like this, to change the world. If people would just do reviews, it would help too. Uh, I have a friend I hadn't seen. She's really my wife's friend, but oh, <gasps> whoa, 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 whoa! That seems a little funny. <laughs> no, no, no. She well, my wife really knew her and talked with her, and I knew her. Oh, a she? I thought you were talking about a guy. <gasps> no, 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 no. She, yeah. Sorry, right, yeah. we thought we had a problem there for a second. Cortisol levels went up. <laughs> Could have been a problem, but. Uh, anyway, she heard about the book and she said, "I want to read the book and everything." So she bought the book, and uh, I never heard from her for months and months and months. And so I wrote her, you know, and I said, uh, I won't I won't say her name. But anyway, I said, 
did you like the book? She said, oh, God, I love the book. I love the book. She said, I told my preacher about the book. I told all my friends about it. I said, well, would you write a review? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> help me out a little bit. You know, if you like a book that much, I just tell all yeah. the people, if you go buy the book, please write a review. I mean, especially if you love it. Yeah, it helps. It's a big help. I always tell people, just leave an honest review. I mean, I got probably 300 good reviews between all my two books, but I'm like, I don't know how many thousands I've sold, but I'm just saying, like, if, if all the people would have posted a review who read the book and loved the book, all those reviews would have made my book a lot more visible so people could see it. The algorithm goes up. My rankings would go up. So that's why I, I always say, if you read the books and you enjoy them, leave an honest review. Just honest. Tell whatever thought. Let's see. So tell them where they can find your book, the name of it. And I, again, we could go on all day and talk about a million different scenarios and studies. Maybe we'll do it at this again, you know, like a, a in-depth breakdown of how to create you know, the anabolic state and why and how it works. Everybody, if, they, if they're not, they should be, you know what I'm saying? So tell them where they can find the book, the name of it, where they can find it. If you have a website, tell them about that too. Well, I'll tell you, yeah, the, the, the name of the book is Four Keys to the Natural Anabolic State. And, and that's, that's the basic title. And it has a subtitle, The Pathway to Health, Fitness, Faith, and a Huge Competitive Edge. So it's a long title, but it, that's the subtitle. Yeah, yeah, you can you can get this book on Amazon. You can get it at Barnes and Noble. You can get it in uh, digital form, print. The yeah. print course is more expensive and takes time to ship, but you can get the digital ebook, the Kindle version. Right, and as always, if you go to our Spotify iHeart archive episodes in the show notes, I'm going to have links to all of Gid's stuff and make him real easy to find. Yeah. Yeah. What is the name of your website? Uh, well, it's, it's actually the book's website. It's a web page from this Universal Publishers, and that's my, my publisher. Okay. They can find it there, but I usually just give out the links to people, and they can click right on it and go right to the book. But you can go to Amazon Books and just type in, and by the time you type in four keys to the and start natural, it'll pop up. Four keys to the anabolic state. That should pop up. Four keys to the natural anabolic state. You can't leave natural out of it because people will be sticking steroids in it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right. You say the four keys to the anabolic state. And like, uh, I know what that is. Anadrol, <laughs> Winstrol, D-ball. Yeah, that was oddly knowledgeable <laughs> there, Gunner. <laughs> that was oddly specific, right? You happen to know the names of those four steroids. <laughs> well, I, I really do think people will love this book. Uh, I mean, they pay, everybody's read it. It's given them five stars, and they've all said that they love it. And I've, I've got people who have said they love it and still haven't written a review. And, and oh, and one was a professional review, which is done by Online Book Club. I think we got to wrap it up. Well, it's great to meet you guys, and I appreciate the shout-out. And nice to meet you, Bill, and Gunnar. Well, it was a pleasure to meet you. This is uh, highly entertaining and informative. I didn't know what to expect with you. I was kind of like, is this guy going to be kind of a crazy, wacko hack? But looking at your academic curriculum vitae, I was thinking, this guy's really smart. I mean, he's guy, this guy like, knows what he's talking about. But, you know, there's sometimes I, I get these wackos, too. They're, like, they're doctors and stuff. No, everything you said makes perfect sense. And uh, that's why I think, you know, your book has a lot of potential to really go viral and make you some money. For the record, Gid, I went in thinking you were silent. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I was, I'm just being honest. I went in thinking, eh, this guy might be, you know, because you've heard so many of these stories about, you know, I can tell you how to keep and maintain a natural anabolic state, blah, blah, blah. And like, they're all gurus. But yours actually makes perfect sense. 
And uh, it's br- it's brilliant. I think it's great. I think that's what surprised me about it, Garner, was that, you know, when I got into it and I kept finding research and it all started falling into place, then nobody had connected yeah. the dots. I mean, nobody. And I, oh, and by the way, I didn't even mention this, but in the, in the index of this book, I point out that the current research on stress and anxiety is a convoluted mess. I mean, it is a mess. And uh, just to, to give you examples, I mean, I, I, I put in 12 citations of different articles that are out there today, different studies that have been done. And every single one of them used a different model of stress. They didn't know what stress was. There's like scientists out there who don't know what stress is. So, I mean, I'm challenging the scientific community to get after it. If you don't like it, come get me. And, and prove me wrong. And uh, I've, I've cited all this stuff. And I've actually come up with a theory that there are two different types of anxiety. One is catabolic and one is anabolic. And your mindset, that's a big part of the chemistry is what type of anxiety you trigger when you think. Yeah. Is it good anxiety or is it bad anxiety? The bad anxiety is the stuff that's going to make you trip up, miss the swing, blah, 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 blah. But the good anxiety is the one that's going to have you crack a home run. Yeah, it empowers you. And all that's explained in the book, too. And it's all documented. It's, this is not just some kind of little fluffy feel good. You know, this is science, and uh, it's it's all documented. Yeah, no. And, uh, and uh, you know, being a PhD is, is to me, I, some of the dumbest people I've ever known in my life had PhDs. I mean, <laughs> PhDs is piled high and deeper. I mean, I worked hard for it. But I had only had a bachelor's degree when I was 42 years old, and that was in business. And uh, I changed my life around, and I said in the book, you know, I was a very immoral person for the first 42 years of my life. I married a Christian, wonderful woman. He fits right in, Bill. Yep, you're in the right clan here, buddy. <laughs> you're in the right company. Yeah, I tell you, Gunnar, when you talked about your life, you know, I said and something about you reminds me of me somewhat because not, not, I didn't go to jail or anything like that. I might have should have at times. <laughs> but no, I just couldn't get it together. I didn't have any faith. I didn't set any goals. And then when I turned my life around at about age 40, and all that's in the book too, that uh, how you can change your life. And I've completed four degrees and then I'm a PhD and, and just I went to work and set goals and pray, prayed and turned my life around. God, God did that. God did that, exactly. And I'm still way far from perfect. Don't we? Don't get me wrong. Of course. We've all got flaws. Yeah, we've all got a long way to go. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, nobody's perfect. But when you turn to God, that's when it all changes. And you don't get the credit for that. He did that. But at some point, for whatever reason, he put it on your heart. Hey, it's time to change. Get your life together and start walking in the right direction. That's what I did. That's what you did. That's what Bill did. It's strangely similar with all Christians. Everybody I meet is Christian, a real Christian. It says the same thing. Well, I was a mess until... And then this happened. And then now I'm not. Well, it makes sense. You know, it's what the Bible promises, predicts for everybody. So we'll get, thanks for coming on. I hope everybody buys your book. We're going to put the website up, everything on the Spotify pages and the comments and the, uh, where Bill puts it. <laughs> All right. Good to see you. So th- thanks for tuning in. God bless. We out.